Hello, I'm Tim Harris. This is Julie Harris, and this is Real Estate Coaching Radio. That's right. So make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Thanks again for popping by. Hit that like button, and don't forget to leave your comments and questions so we can get right back with you. We will. Thank you for continuing to make our podcast, Real Estate Coaching Radio, the number one listened to podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. And let us know what you think about this video. Leave your comments below. Thank you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and welcome back. This is our, oh, Julie, this is officially yes. our last live show of 2023. That's right. Right. And we'll have done a live podcast every single workday um, in all of 2023. How many? So how many is that? Oh, 52 times five. So over two, let's say 250 200 shows. something, yeah. Right. So if you're looking for something to do during the holidays <laughs> and you're like super duper bored, you can go back and listen to all of our pod, uh, past podcasts, but don't just end in 2023. We actually have thousands of past podcasts that are available to you all the time on Stitcher, Spotify, um, and everywhere else. And today what we're going to be talking about is how to upgrade everything. And we're going to tell you five critical things that you need to seriously consider upgrading now. And these are going to be the things – frankly, all of this stuff is fun. Yes. But it's going to force you to really take a hard look at maybe some of the things that needed it upgraded a long time ago but definitely need upgraded before you roll into the new year. And before we get to our first point, Julie, you wanted to share with them some stats oh, you literally yes. just read. Well, what's interesting is everybody's talking about how 2023 will go down as a historically – dumpster fire of a year in terms of the number of sales, not in terms of distress or anything like that. Everybody's got lots of equity and prices are high, but in terms of the number of sales. Now, contrast that with something that I just read from uh, head economist at NAR, Lawrence Young. He pointed out that here's an interesting fact. For new construction, it's actually the third best year ever. So that means you guys better be getting super educated on who's building what where in your town because that's not going away. They're going to continue to really, you know, build tons next year. There's so many different ways to make money with new construction. We've done dedicated podcasts. We have a section in Premier Coaching about making money with new construction. It's not just one way. It's not just the traditional bring your buyer and get them in contract. That is a way, but there is, are so many more things that you can do on that front. And that was a very positive light on to, uh, 2023. Well, along those lines, Julie and I are uh, firm believers and have, are looking for reasons to uh, you know, essentially cause disbelief of what I'm about to tell you. But we believe 2024 is going to be a fantastic year. We believe that 2024 is going to be for home sales and new construction, resell the whole thing. We believe 2024 is going to be the start of what will be a long-term, ever-increasing um, you know, real estate market for all of you. So you're in the right place at the right time. And I'll, you know, when Julie and I are putting our prediction shows together, we did a week of predictions uh, on podcasts. Go back and list all those with Friday being the summary of all of our top um, predictions. And one of our predictions was that there was going to be an increase of home sales by around a million home sales. Now, we were just surmising that. We pulled it a little bit from there, a little bit from here. We were sort of guessing, right? I mean, that's what a prediction is. Well, lo and behold, it turns out that Lawrence Yoon must have been listening. Must have been. Because he actually used, uh, he's now suggesting that there, there will be indeed an increase of home sales of around a million in 2024. What does that mean? That means that there's basically going to be 25% more homes sold next year. Which means if you are actually you know, conscious and conscientious of your potential of for in 2024, 
the likelihood of you selling a home just increased by 25%. Yes, it's all good. I think I'd like to nickname that the new roaring 20s of real estate. And, you know, it's probably not going to just hit all at once. Don't expect to wake up on January 1st and all of a sudden we're in a massive boom again. It's going to happen gradually. And, of course, rates are going to come down. It's predicted to be three to four times at least next year. So that's certainly going to fuel things. You mean rates falling three to four times next year. Mm -hmm. And we also had another prediction um, that in uh, the first quarter of next year, there'll be another uh, downward rate adjustment to mortgages. Yes. But I think actually we're too conservative because I bet you it's going to happen before that. I think so too. And we're already in the mid sixes in many areas. So yeah. that's great. And the Fed did officially say their uh, rate hiking uh, is over. They're not going to do it anymore. And now guess what happened? So as they said that the stock market started booming again. Mortgage applications went up. You guys get it? So we are at the very start of something that's going to be extraordinary. So you've got to make sure you've got your head screwed on straight. Start by doing, um, you know, listening to past podcasts, consider joining um, Premier Coaching, obviously. And by the way, the notes for today's show are down below. So just scroll below and you can read right along with us. And yes, sometimes um, iTunes and other uh, platforms, they do uh, cut the amount of notes we can have back. But don't worry, you can just go over to timandjulieharris.com and all of our long form notes for all of our past podcasts are on timandjulieharris.com. So just go over there and read along right up. Read along with us and also join Premier Coaching. When you are scrolling down, when you are reading the notes, you can just go to Premier Coaching. Their link is right there and you can join. It's free. This is what all of you must be doing into 2024. It's the absolute easy path forward for having a very clear, concise, frankly, uh, a plan that's going to give you lots of energy and motivation going into the year, which all of us need, obviously. So do this. Go and join Premier Coaching. Click the link below or just go to premiercoaching.com. All right, so we're talking about something really fun. This is a great time of year to do this, really anytime you're listening to this is, but especially as we go into a new year, ask yourself this question. Are you finding that most of your deals with are with people who already know you? Well, that's normal and that's great until you run out of easy deals. So what does that tell you about your business? In other words, if most of your business is only with centers of influence and past clients, in other words, let's be honest, that's not very that's not business you really have to compete for, right. which Oh, yeah. That's the best business to have for sure. That's the first thing we want all of you to do is build or continue to build your center of influence and past client list. It's absolutely the primary spoke we want all of you to put on your lead generation wheel. But if that's the only spoke you have, and if you're only able to take business from people that know, love, and care about you already, your centers of influence and past clients, what does that honestly tell you about your business? It means you're going to have to branch out if you're going to branch up. What happens, for example, when you meet somebody new somebody who might be talking with other agents and trying to decide who to represent them when buying or selling real estate. What if their spouse also has somebody in mind? How can you more easily win their trust and earn their business? Well, it may be time to upgrade everything, and we're going to give you a quick list of just some of the things that we work with with our premier and our elite coaching clients to accomplish. There is a whole chapter in the Harris Rules book, which you can find on Amazon, about upgrading everything. Harris Rules, uh, the book, without a doubt, is the perfect stocking stuffer. (laughs) <laughs> so right. you can buy it at Amazon, any major bookstore, and it's seasonally, it is in a lovely shade of green. With some gold trim. With some gold trim. Yep. So it's there waiting for you. It comes pre-wrapped. And obviously the information inside, a lot of people uh, will attest that it's you know, been something that's been instrumental in their life and business success. So do get our book, Harris Rules. It is available everywhere. You could right now while listening to us, click over to Amazon and buy it, Harris Rules. I think it has five or 600 five-star reviews. Indeed it does. Thank you for mentioning that. So why upgrade everything? Because the agents that have more versatility 
meaning that they are, uh, you know, can serve a variety of different clients and a variety of different types of price ranges and, and types of transactions. Those are the agents that make all of the money. Part of the way to get there is indeed to upgrade everything. So point number one, upgrade your presentations. To be successful nearly 100% of the time, you'll need to have a competitive and proven listing presentation, a pre-listing package, and now more than ever, a buyer presentation. Some of you don't have that at all, so it's hard to polish something you don't have. Start with getting that together. And if you're probably a center of influence and past client-based agent, just kind of you know keep on the same lines, you probably don't have any presentations because you haven't needed them. You haven't had to. Which means when you do get an opportunity to earn business from somebody who does not already is not already in your center of influence past client list and you're having to compete, you will most likely lose that listing even if it was a referral from your mom. You guys get it? Right. Because you do not have a presentation. Or what you're using is not actually competitive, especially in this new market. That's right. So questions, upgrade your presentations, but you just mentioned this. Do you even have these presentations? If you do, are you using them? Are you getting signed listing and buyer contracts at least 90% of the time? If not, you need to get better at the presentations. Are your presentations exactly like everyone else's at your company? That's not very competitive. Do your presentations specifically answer, why should I hire you versus another agent or versus not using an agent at all? Especially with the pressure on the buyer side these days. And right? with our pre-listing pack, you get a, uh, it's included in Premier Coaching. We go through in the pre-listing pack and we've already essentially created a presentation that you give to the seller prior to meeting with them that answers all the big, hairy, nasty questions that you hope that an agent or a seller never asked you. Will you cut your commission? Why should I hire you versus another agent? You know, you don't have a team. You're competing with the team. Here's the ex explanation as far as the benefit of working with an agent with maybe two or three assistants or the explanation of an agent who's working and does have a big team. Why? What is it that you contribute to the local community? Why, you know, what happens if I'm not happy? Do you have some sort of easy exit listing or flexible fee commission structure? What are your service guarantees? These are all core level things that are included in the pre-listing pack that when you give to the seller, and this is our whole entire listing presentation, our whole system. You deliver the pre-listing pack when they've reviewed the pre-listing pack material and you get to the seller's house. You have actually, most cases, earned the listing already because the other agency you're competing against don't have a pre-listing pack. The seller, frankly, doesn't want you – just think about this from the seller's perspective. You have given them – the answers to all the questions that they were not looking forward to asking you. And you've given them to, uh, those, you know, the questions and the answers ahead of time. That way, when you're in the seller's house, there is no stress. It's funct it's a, our listing presentation is 15 to 20 minutes and then you're out. Because you could stay longer. We're not suggesting you put a timer. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. done. Yes or no. Goodbye. No, no. But, but the reason that that works is because it answers those questions before you get there, as you said. And if you're not doing it that way, that is the reason that some sellers, many sellers, make their decisions based on who's got the least commission and gives them right. the highest price because they don't know what else they should be asking. Okay, so you just rattled through a whole bunch of things. Do you have presentations? Do you use them? Are you getting signatures 90% of the time? Are your presentations you know, unique to you? If you said yes to all of that, well, you should be able to take at least a listing a week if you want to. But Julie, my broker provides a listing presentation. Oh, you mean the same one that all of your – this is the word, kids, so please hear me out. Your competitors are also using – so you show up with a presentation that looks identical to the other ones that other people are using. How do you think that seller is going to perceive you? 
Versus somebody who shows up this, with something that's you know professional. Well, they're going to get right level. back to price and commission, aren't they? Exactly, because you made yourself a commodity. You're just another mm-hmm. gallon of milk in the freezer at Costco that someone's trying to choose between. They obviously will always choose the one that has uh, the least, the lowest price. That's what you do when you don't make yourself something truly unique. The pre-listing pack after you have the appointment, after you pre-qualified the seller, is absolutely critical. It does not matter if you're a seasoned veteran agent or if you're a brand new agent. Use our pre-listing pack. It gives you a massive unfair advantage in the marketplace. And that's all number one, which could be a dedicated podcast in and of itself. Upgrade your presentations. I really think that that is number one for a reason. Okay, now number two, upgrade your lead generation. Are you predictably generating the amount of leads it takes to meet or exceed your monthly income goals? Remember, there's a difference between leads, contracts, and closings, right? So leads by themselves don't really have any value unless they turn into contracts. Well, so let's we talked about this yesterday, Julie. Yep. It's worth talking about today. Everything that you know about buying buyer leads is about to get eviscerated because there is a new rule that the FTC passed that is under the same umbrella as the TCPA that is going to make it so that the aggregators of leads, the websites, the consumers pop on, they fill out a form. I'm looking to buy a house in the next six months or less. I'm looking in this price range, da, 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 da. And then those lead aggregators, those websites will then, you know, what were they doing? Capturing that consumer's information, selling that information to the mortgage broker, selling that information to five different agents. All those different people were paying for a quote unquote lead. We don't need to talk about the quality of those leads, which, you know, just to summarize, are usually garbage anyway. But here's what's made. Here's the difference. The FTC has passed a new rule. Julie said law. It might be a law. I think it's a guideline technically, but here nor there. That's made it so that when the consumer goes to the website, the same lead aggregator websites that, you know, you've been buying leads from, what's going to happen, use Zillow as an example, what's going to happen is you're going to pop on that website as a consumer, you're going to say, I'm interested in 123 Elm Street, here's my time frame, I have a house to sell, all the rest of it. Okay, I filled out the normal form, and then the new law is going to require that there's another pop-up where you, as a consumer, then have to tell Zillow, or whatever the site is, who you choose to share your information with. So there'll be a list of 10 agents or 15 agents or God knows how many agents who are hopeful that they're going to get that person clicking on their little box to make it so the lead is shared. There is no hacker shortcut. Julie and I read the law, the guideline, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. specifically stating that there can't just be a catch-all check here. I acknowledge the fact that my information will be shared with dozens of different agents. Mm -hmm. There cannot be like that. The consumer has to choose who specifically in a forum, they're going to have that information shared with. How do you? What do you think that's going to do to those aggregator websites? Because what's going to happen is there will not be a lot of consumers that are going when that pops up who are going to know who to click, and so they're just going to bail on the site. The number of leads that these aggregators are going to be able to generate is going to be greatly diminished. The only um, answer that they have is they're then going to have to establish one-on-one relationships where they're only selling their leads to Julie. They're only selling their leads to Bob. There's no form. There's no big list of people to choose from, which means what? The aggregators, the Zillows of the world are going to have to start charging a hell of a lot more. You think 40% 40 referral fee for bought buyer leads is going to be a, a fantasy starting about mid-2024 when you're going to start seeing a lot of these companies are going to start charging a hell of a lot more because they cannot sell a low-quality, mediocre lead to 10 agents or 20 agents. They're going to have to sell one lead to one agent. Now, will lead quality improve? Why would they? 
The only thing that's going to change is that when you call that consumer, you're not going to have to be competing with a billion different other agents. And if you're doing like Dave Ramsey and you're getting leads and referrals from there and all these, every single one of these essentially lead generating portals that you know are pretending to be or present themselves to consumers as you know elaborate public MLSs or something like that, every single one of them are going to have to add this uh, added step, which will greatly reduce their ability to generate leads. So if your primary lead generating spoke for your team or your brokerage, research all this yourself, um, is buying buyer leads, you're going to have to upgrade immediately because what will happen Mid next year, everyone's got six months to get their acts together. You got mm-hmm. six months to learn how to generate your own leads, become a listing agent, join any premier coaching, obviously. But you're going to see the second half of the year, all the agents who were buying leads, or really all the platforms that were buying that were selling leads, they're all going to have to completely radically change their business models, or frankly, we expect most of them to go out of business. So if your agent, your brokerage, your team you are dependent on buying those buyer leads and you're more than willing to pay those ridiculous referral fees, you've got to understand that those portals, those platforms that you're buying leads from, they're not going to be in business anymore or you're not going to be wanting to pay the price that they're going to require for you to buy a lead from them. Be clear about that. That's right. So here's the question that goes with this point. Upgrade your lead generation. Do you feel like you are in control of your lead generation, especially knowing all of these changes that are hitting between now and six months from now, who's controlling your lead generation? You know, the Housing Wire podcast we listened to, which I think they did a great job Me you too. Know, talking about this. Um, the conclusion of the person who had done a great job researching all of this, yes. saving us the time, frankly. I don't remember his name. If he's mm-hmm. listening, then I'd love and to have you on the pod. Yeah. yeah, thank you for doing our work for us. But um, he said, in conclusion, where is all this going to go? Agents are going to have to learn how to have direct one-on-one conversations. They're going to have to get back to more traditional ways, he said, of selling, and that's really what it is, of selling that's not going to be so dependent on digital lead generation. Yes. That's what he said, which, by the way, is what Julie and I have been saying forever because that's the obvious progression when something becomes oversaturated, it always uh, you know, goes back to essentially uh, where it was. So for example, when everyone is doing online paid lead generation or everyone's doing TikTok videos or everyone's doing YouTube, don't do what everyone's doing because there's too much noise in those channels. What you want to do is the exact opposite. If you study the top producing agents in the country right now, not just real estate agents, guys, but people selling anything to anybody, what they are doing is direct communication. It is not as efficient in the sense of, you know, it's one-to-one or maybe it's one-to-many, but it uh, it's more effective. So it's not as efficient, but it's more effective. If you're getting in the habit of every single day, like one of the core fundamental um, things that we hope all of you guys embrace when you complete your real estate treasure map, which you get for the first month of Premier Coaching, is called, it's determining what your magic number is. And your magic number is simply the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals. Every single one of you can have three listings, five listings, 10 listings, or even more at all times. Your whole business model is about getting the listings and then replacing the listings when they sell. That is how simple real estate actually is. And we have said this for years in front of, at this point, I don't even know how, millions of agents. And I wonder how many of them would were listening to what we said. And I know that many of them were, some of them were like, oh my gosh, you're at completely right. Then I asked the question, so if you were uh, embracing the concept that your whole business is around getting to and maintaining, say, five listings at all times. Why five listings? It's arbitrary. Do the magic number. Your number will be different. But in most markets, if you have five listings at all times, and these are good listings, right? 
you're going to have at least two or three of those in contract. Your whole job is to replace the two or three. Always have five in, uh, active listings at all times. Oh, two went on contract. Well, it's okay because you've got three appointments coming up and you'll take at least two of them, right? You guys get it? In most markets, if your average sale price is four hundred grand and your average commission is, let's just say, $10,000, if you have two or three listings in contract at all times because you're following the simple business plan of knowing what your magic number is, you're going to be making twenty dollars to $30,000 a month, two hundred dollars to $360,000 a year. And it's in your control completely if you learn to be a listing agent and learn how to be a proactive lead generator. If that doesn't excite you, then you're not that serious about real estate. Very well said. And I have to point out, I, I like your math where if you've got to do two transactions per month, you've got to have five actives, for example. Agents, especially coming from the previously hot FOMO market, might argue, well, if I want to sell two per month, I only need to list two per month, right? No, you need more because you have to be generating all the time. If you only go from two to two to two or a listing, you know, going from one listing to the next listing, okay, that's great. You got it pending, but now you're out of things to lead generate with which puts you back into the buying buyer leads, you know, mess. Yeah, well conceptually, whatever like if you're in, if you're in a marketplace where your average sell price is 300 or I'm sorry, a million and you're making 30 or more thousand and you need say, you know, 30 or say $20,000 a month to pay for your really nice lifestyle whatever it is, you need to adjust these numbers accordingly. Maybe you only need three listings at all times. Sure. And yeah, you're right. Some months, all three of them are going to sell, but you're okay with that because your whole mission in life is every single day to proactively lead generate, pre-qualify, and present. And you do that every day, not just when you need the business. You don't just generate business, you know, have it go on contract, and then close it and say, well, time for me to go back and lead generate. And freak out. You lead generate every <laughs> single day. Then our system works for you. And everything in your life changes. You become the disciplined version of yourself that is doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level, not just earning uh, the right to be someone's uh, listing agent, but financially you're doing it that way. Physically you're doing that way. Mentally, emotionally, educationally, spiritually even. You start to elevate so rapidly because you've adopted the simple concept of keeping things simple. Yes. Simply put, thank you. <laughs> all right, number three, upgrade the look and feel of all of your marketing and presentation materials. Do you have the same professional and authentic picture, logo, and colors on all of your assets, both online and off? Do you actually look like the same agent on every item? Does it look professional enough that someone with a home to sell that's double your average sale price would actually hire you? I wouldn't. Uh, that, that's a great point. And obviously, it's a fundamental point. But there's so many hacks to that. And there's so many black holes to that yep. point. So here's the easy button. Really, if you're a proactive lead generator um, and if you're essentially dedicated to focusing on how to be a proactive lead generator and staying in that course of things, get this idea right. Proactively generation is you having one-on-one -on -one conversations with folks that's going to lead to a real estate transaction. Um, many of you will get really great at that and never have to do the passive lead generation, which is the marketing and the branding and the rest of it. But if you combine the two, if you're a proactive lead generator primarily, you know that's where you're, because you're in control of your effort and your results. That's the gift from the real estate gods that you get from being a proactive lead generator. If you want to reinforce that with passive lead generation, say, for example, you're really focusing on a particular community and you're going to go after every single opportunity. You're doing all the things we prescribe for you to do in our coaching program, but then you're also going to do a direct mail campaign in that community. Well, guess what? The direct mail campaign will actually enhance your proactive lead generation. But here's what's strange and wonderful. If you just do the proactive lead generation, you get really good at that. You never have to do the passive lead generating. 
In other words, your proactive lead generation as you become better and better at it will be more than enough for you to meet or exceed all your financial goals and the marketing aspect of things won't even be necessary. Detach yourself from the idea that people are going to do only do business with you if you're a brand, okay? That whole black hole of money and time and energy is something none of you need to really be focused on as your primary source of lead generation. Now, with all that said, you definitely want to have a, work, a, a Facebook business page. You want to have profiles set up at LinkedIn, on Instagram. You want to have a minimum amount of uh, presence because when someone goes to uh, Google to find out who you are or to do research on like, you know, you're in line at Starbucks and or someone's in line at Starbucks and they are talking about with a stranger, the house they just sold and their agent did a great job. And, you know, that's say, for example, well, there is Julie Harris and she's with, you know, EXP Realty. And that consumer then goes uh, while they're standing in line on their phone and then does a research, uh, does search on Google, Julie Harris, EXP Realty. You want maybe your LinkedIn profile comes up. Maybe your free EXP uh, Realty website comes up. You guys get it? So at the very least, what you're doing is you want to do that type of, um, you know, profile building on the different social networks and things like that so that you're findable. But don't think that is going to uh, generate business. It's going to reinforce the business you're already generating. It doesn't generate by itself just because it exists. People will talk, and and they're not wrong, but they'll say, I am generating a lot of buyer leads from um, Instagram or from TikTok. I want you to think about this logically. I want you to familiarize yourself with something called common sense. Now, if you look at the demographic on TikTok, how are you on TikTok, dear listener? Okay, well, maybe you are. But what's the average age of the person on TikTok? Is the if the average age of the person on TikTok, just to pick on that platform as an example, is somebody who's like 19 years old mm-hmm. and they have this educational background, they have th- that's not a consumer for you. They're not going to be buying and selling real estate. You might enjoy TikTok, it might be fun for you. Um, and maybe you, I mean, I love Instagram. I have a lot of fun on Instagram. I've connected with a lot of friends on Instagram. Do we get any real estate uh, coaching sales or even increase our podcast listens from Instagram? I'm not counting on it. Nope. I do it mostly, you know, you guys can check out our Instagram page. Just post pictures of Julie and I in misery as we do our kettlebell workout. They do seem to enjoy that. They do. They love to see us <laughs> getting ab- abusing ourselves. Yeah. But the moral of the story is we do have profiles. We are searchable. People can find us. Um, and you know, once you learn how to be a proactive lead generator, the world starts beating a, uh, you're never worried. The lack feelings aren't existing in existing in your mind anymore. The fear of where's my business going to come from doesn't exist in your mind anymore. The fear that the lead source that you're buying leads from going out of business doesn't exist in your mind anymore. You are finally on your way to becoming financially free because you can finally be in control of your lead generation sources. You can finally be in control of the uh, results that you get because your skill set will get better. You're following our listing process. You're listing houses. You've gotten up to your magic number of listings. You're making consistent cash flow. It is not easy to do what I just said. The hardest part is you refusing or ignoring all the easy button distractions that are constantly circling around you, especially as you start another new year. I got an email. You sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, from a company that was trying to scare agents into believing you, you sent it to me, right? I think about the REOs foreclosure. Exactly. So I got an email from somebody who was essentially trying to scare the crap out of agents into believing there's a big tsunami of foreclosures coming. Anybody who believes that I I am tempering what I say, so I'll give it to my lovely wife (laughs) is what? 
Uh, Anyone who's trying to basically sell them into believing that there's going to be a lot of foreclosures or distressed real estate is a... Scammer. Okay. Julie said it. And they are because they're completely ignoring the realities of the housing market, of the economy, of the equity situation. They're not fact-based. Let's put it that way. They're just trying to sell... Okay. So I... Julie sent it to me. I clicked on it and it leads to a webinar. And I didn't go to the webinar, but it's the same person. I already know who it is. And it's the same webinar that he's been running for years. And what he's trying to do for a fee is offer to put you on these lists that when the REOs start coming, you're high up on the list and somehow magically you're going to get the REOs. There are no REOs coming. There are no lists. If there were any of that, we would tell you. And we would include it in Premier Coaching, by the way, which we have in the past, back in the day, where there was that type of opportunity. Well, don't you think you'd be hearing about it from us on this podcast? Why I mean, wouldn't honestly, we talk about it? Right? We don't, look, guys, whether the market's going this way or that way, we're still going to coach and train you. Julie and I have been doing this forever. Well, so foreclosures, just to fact them, just so they don't think we're just pontificating for fun, are at the lowest level since they've been recorded and have been falling. Now, that email stated something like, uh, distressed activity is up 300%. Well, that's easy to do when the bar was so low, it was practically zero. So if there's one foreclosure in your zip code today, and there are three tomorrow, you have a 300% increase. That still doesn't mean that it is worth you spending any money, time, or effort on, unless it happens to be a past client or center of influence or a lead that came to you. We do have very randomly, I think if I think about talking to all of the coaches, watching all of the uh, the sessions that they do every day, and my own coaching clients and yours, I currently know of two possible tiny short sales. They're not even upside down that much, and it was because those particular people are moving too fast and refinanced and took all their equity out. It was a self-produced distress situation. That is nothing like what we dealt with in the uh, actual housing crash. So you and, I, you and I are channeling our inner Logan. Uh, what's his last name? Motoshami. Yeah, yes. We're, yes, that's what we're doing. Well, right now. I mean, because he also operates from you know facts, <laughs> and reading, and being educated. So anyway, and, and that he, was a tangent. Don't don't go down it. People it, will try and convince you. And he loves to make up little things like calling all the scammers selling for, foreclosure bros and well, bridge uh, trolls. Well, okay, and, well, since you mentioned that, so for example. Uh-oh. <laughs> For a while, you remember back in the pandemic when a lot of people were doing the forbearances, yeah, right? Because they weren't going to work and there was government help to pay your bills and this and that. You could put your payment on forbearance and we not told, pay. We told all of we our- We told them how to do it. We told you guys how to do this on yes. the podcast. Okay, so these- um, you know, naysayers were for months saying, oh, well, that that's unsustainable. All of the people coming off of forbearance, they're just going to default. Instantly, we're just going to have this forbearance crisis. Well, none of that actually happened or very, very, very little of VRBO. Oh, there's all these vacation, all these people bought these things and they're all going to, there's going to be a big tsunami from VRBOs and short-term rentals. That didn't happen. Yeah. And also all of the baby boomers are just going to sell their houses all at once. Exactly. Well, here's another question. Where the hell is this big crash in commercial everyone's been promising? Yeah. You guys see, there's always going to be crappy information out there that's being, uh, people, what they do is they get confirmation bias. They can't effectively steel man their own arguments. So one of the things that Julie and I did when we were coming up with our predictions podcast from a couple of weeks ago, go back and listen, especially the Friday show. It's one of our most downloaded podcasts ever is Julie and I, and we did this live during the podcast is we will say something and then we'll say why we're wrong. Yeah. If you're talking with, if you are saying something about anything and you can't effectively argue why you're wrong, you haven't thought through it. 
you're you are essentially being a zealot or you're frankly being somebody who is uh, trying to sell what you know or suspect to be a lie. So do yourself a favor and when you're taking a, a stance and you're absolutely sure you're right, I want you to think about why you actually might be wrong. In many cases, you're going to go through the exercise, steel man your own argument and realize, you know what? I am right and now I'm even more sure I'm right and that's fine. But do make the effort. And if you can't, if you're not willing to do the real work, or if you're listening to somebody who's telling you, oh, it's going to be a foreclosure crisis, or oh, you have to do the marketing and the advertising, or all the business will come to you, or the end times for real estate agents, oh, the number of agents are going to drop by 80%, all of this crap, you need to ask them based on what, and you will quickly find they have no based on what answer for you. And and, an answer that sounds like this, well, this looks a lot like 2005. Okay, that's not an answer. This time is just like last time is not a valid answer because nope. of so many things. But that's a different podcast. Or they so. try to say like history repeats itself or if you study history and you still go about yeah. – That's mean, just words. Okay, well, here, here's the one that – I mean, we, we just kind of – it doesn't even make sense. There's going to be a huge number of people that are no longer going to be uh, realtors. Okay, now let's break that down. Do you really anticipate, given what we have laid out for you is going to happen in 2024, that more people or fewer people will be getting real estate licenses? I will suggest to you the number of people getting real estate license is going to increase by 50, maybe even 100% because of what's obviously laying out to be one of the greatest you know, years in a long time in real estate in 2024. Mm-hmm. Now, what they're doing is they're bastardizing either willingly or, or knowingly or unknowingly what might be true. So there is a real estate agent, and in some markets, in some states, you have to become a member of National Association of Realtors to have access to your MLS. That's what all these commission sharing lawsuits are actually about. What we do think will happen, it is entirely possible that they will no longer require that you join the National Association of Realtors. So when you hear these people saying the number of realtors is going to drop by half, that might be right. But the number of licensees is not going to drop by half the number of licensees is going to increase because it only makes sense. Just use common sense. So that's right. The headline will say number of realtors has dropped by X percent. Well, remember, just because you're not a member or a required member of NAR does not mean that you just stopped selling real estate today. No. And and I mean, you're going to be given the option. Do you want to join NAR or don't you? And NAR is going to have to then work on why you want to join NAR. Personally, Julie and I are huge advocates of NAR. We've been associated with the National Association of Realtors for 30 years. Uh, and we know what they do behind the scenes. But we had to go and ask. We've researched it over the years. We got to know some of the key lobbyists during the housing crisis, some of the people that were working directly with Fannie Freddie, directly with the F- – or not FTC, but the um, Sheila Baird's deal. Yes. <laughs> what was it called? Yeah, you remember? Yeah. Yeah, FDIC. FDIC. Right? So we worked directly with all these people, and we got to know the people that actually are keeping real estate, organized real estate, as a viable industry – um, yeah, that's lobbying, ha- lobbying for all of you. And I have to say, I'm glad that you mentioned that because there's too much, in my opinion, I think you would agree. There's too much, especially on social media, pooping on NAR. And I think that most of that is because you guys don't really know what they do and what they have done in the past for us. I mean, even in the, in the crash, there was, there was a movement to just take the real estate commission off the table. Why, why should a short sale 
seller have to happened. pay commission. The banks, and this is one of the, yeah, this is, the banks were actually working with the FDIC. There was a meeting that NAR wasn't invited to representing you, dear listener, where the banks were essentially within a pen stroke away from making it so they were to set the commission on all of the foreclosures, not the, not uh, the listing agent. In other words, commissions were going to go to nothing. They were going to be eviscerated right away because the banks would have made more money that way. And that's what was going to happen. And the NAR actually, you know, obviously stepped in and made it so that wasn't possible. I actually, we were told the story of what physically happened during that meeting mm-hmm. and how NAR, how all the cabal, cabal of banks actually had gotten together in all the different ways they tried to make it so NAR wasn't involved. But there's a, for example, but there's a lot of other. And it it could have gone a different direction because they're pretty powerful. And for listeners, for those of you who probably most of you never did a short sale, the reason that that happened was because when you are a listing agent on a short sale, your commission was part of the loss that was paid by the bank. So it made sense that the banks wouldn't want to keep on paying that. And, and, you know, in some sense, it was easier to get a regular commission because it was just rolled into the deal. In every sense, it was easier to get it because the seller seller didn't care what the commission was. It wasn't coming out of their pocket. It was coming from the bank, which which was the impetus for the bank saying, hey, what if we didn't have to pay this anymore? And it could have not gone our way, listeners. So before you go think hating on NAR, you should educate yourself more on what they've actually done. Now. Fast forward, watch your foot. Fast yeah, forward, you're going to be um, – we do think the commission sharing lawsuits will have a profound impact on things that don't directly um, – won't directly have an adverse effect on your ability to do business. But you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to learn to present to buyers much like you presented to sellers in the past. All the things we talked about in this past podcast and we're teaching in Premier Coaching. But we do think it's most likely that – there will be some kind of injunction filed sometime next year, yep. which makes it so you don't have to join NAR, which will result in the number of uh, NAR members decreasing if that indeed happens. I don't have an opinion as to whether or not we think that's right or wrong. We're not involving ourselves in any of that, fortunately. But the reality of it is, is when you are giving information from people who are giving you facts and statistics, notice how infrequently they actually have anything substantive to back up what the hell they're saying. The worst time or the worst place you're going to find these blowhards is on YouTube, just for the record. Uh, And all they do is uh, wash, rinse, and and repeat what they hear from each other. Yes. Okay. So this brings us back to our idea of upgrading everything because regardless of all of that, and we've been going down tangents and giving you some facting today. We're trying to entertain them. Well, that's right. But what really matters is that you not only stay licensed, but have a really killer year next year. So back to upgrading point number four, upgrade how you present yourself. Refer to the chapter about upgrading everything in the Harris Rules book because we get into many, many specific things. But you can start with your wardrobe, your haircut, your glasses, your shoes, your nails, your purse or briefcase. Remember, it's also time maybe for some of you to upgrade from your iPhone 5 and your AOL account. Go to, here's the homework from this point because it all starts with the physical activity. I pray that every single one of you will go to your local Orange Theory or something that's similar that organize group workouts, not uh, anything, not you in the gym wearing your hoodie where you look like the Unabomber wearing your earbuds where you never talk to anybody, okay? Go to an Orange Theory where you're forced interaction with other participants. Don't worry about whether or not it's going to be too rigorous for you. You can go whatever your own pace is. 
uh, and do that urgently. And then I want you to prepay, obligate yourself to go for a year. Don't just take their first 30-day trial or so many sessions for free or whatever. Make it so that you're actually committing for a year because what's going to happen is everything follows your physical state. Don't think that, oh, I'm going to work on my mindset. I'm going to work on my goals. I'm going to work on my dream board. I'm going to work on work on work on If you want to really take charge of your life and really move forward with uh, really unending momentum and motivation, it starts with your physicality. So you are getting in better shape. Your body is feeling better. Your mind is clearer. You're now surrounding yourself with other people that are trying to do the same thing. You're going to pick up real estate referrals from that. You now are seeing yourself lose weight, have more stamina, have more momentum. Then you're going to reward yourself. You're going to, you know, frankly, not fit in the clothes you're wearing anymore. Maybe you want to go talk to your doctor and maybe you want to talk about putting yourself on Ozempic or something like that. We're not doctors. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, But do your own homework on that. Do, you know, get yourself in the best physical condition you can in 2024. And you will be shocked how much, uh, how many other things in your life dramatically improve following you being uh, essentially your body in motion. A body in motion is going to also then be willing to, you know, call that FISBO, is going to be doing a better job with lead follow-up, is going to be doing a better job managing relationships. It starts with your physical state. It starts with you looking in the mirror and being proud of yourself, frankly. Mm -hmm. But also internally, how do you actually feel? Trust me when I tell you, the big takeaway from these last two podcasts has to be going and joining Orange Theory or something similar. I wish there was an Orange Theory here. We would still be doing it. I know. Um, well, there's CrossFit, there's Zumba. There's The point is organized working out because there's accountability to that. You're going to have more fun. I, and you're going to look better and have more confidence having yeah. actual real estate conversations. Again, don't, Julie, she just gave you some great mm-hmm. ideas. Go to where you are starting to see the same people every time you go mm-hmm. there. Don't be embarrassed how you look. It, when uh, This is absolutely true in every place Julie and I have ever worked out. When somebody new shows up that obviously has to lose a lot of weight, you will be – it is so – there's some – not in every gym, but in most gyms, there is something communal that happens where everyone sort of gap. If that person shows up like you know a week, two weeks, three weeks, you will be surprised how many people will go over there and start reinforcing, befriending, yes, helping. Supporting. You know, it is – there is something very um, – I'll say communal, that happens in a gym when you're there trying to improve yourself because you are, it's, it's not just you trying to look, some of you think, uh, well, getting in really good shape is just about how you appear. You're just vain. It's not true. Well, that's partially true for sure, but it's about you respecting the body that you're in and making it, uh, optimizing it, not just for longevity, but also for the quality of life. For life in general. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It is transformative. And I think you're right. People don't realize if you haven't, I didn't really realize this because, you know, I'm historically kind of (laughs) (laughs) non-sporty. I didn't play sports in high school and college and stuff like that. Um, But I didn't realize until we started doing Orange Theory that it is such a community and it is so supportive. And even in our gym here in Puerto Rico, I see that, you know, who's the, I should know his name. There's a guy that isn't he like a hundred, literally a hundred years old that there's, works out at our there's, gym. There's a guy that shows up, um, and yeah, he's it's all, he comes or, in on yeah, a walker. He does and gets on the machines, and everybody goes over and talks to him. Yes, and he's so and he's his brain's working and he's very sharp. Uh, he's very sharp. I think it's his daughter that drops him off. Yep, and um, you know the whole thing, and and it's, it's awesome. It is awesome, you know. And there's other people that we've seen have been working. You know, it's so supportive and it. It really is people that are like-minded 
and that makes it easier to talk to them. So we've talked a lot on this podcast about expanding your center of influence. That should have been on our upgrade list, upgrade, you know, and expand your center of influence. We've done pods about that. And going to the gym is a great way to kickstart that, but be committed to it. I think you make an excellent point that don't just do their 30 day trial and then bail, you know, and then go to some other 30 day trial. No, commit to it, get it in your schedule, actually talk to people, actually study what you're learning, get really great at that. And you will be amazed how that flows through to all of these other aspects in life. You'll be following a schedule. You'll be getting up and going to bed on time. You'll be probably drinking a lot more water. You'll be taking care of your nutrition because it's kind of hard to work out if you're eating junk food before you get. You're going to drink less. You're going to, you know, all the little, you know, I'm just going to be this. Maybe you have to quit smoking. You've you've got to do all of these things. But what I've found that I think is fascinating with our years of coaching is that the agents, the people who get good at that. It's like the, it miraculously affects everything else. They they kind of lose their fear of being on the phone. But if they're not good at that and they're out of shape and yeah. they're not and they that compounds too. That compounds too, and in they, a negative way. Then they start wondering why they're not as successful as they otherwise would be. Right. And it's all it, the answer is obvious. We're spiritual beings in physical incarnations, mm-hmm. right? We are spiritual beings, and we are in a physical plane. We are in our physical, you know meat suits basically, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to take care of our bodies. The body is the vehicle in, in which you interact with the, everything around you and all the people around you. And if it's not operating at an optimal level, well, you're never going to get, you're never going to really live the life that you otherwise could have. You know this intuitively. That's the thing about what Julie and I say. We're not trying to be woo-woo. We couldn't nope. be woo-woo if you paid us to be. <laughs> nope. Well, maybe if you paid us enough, let's be honest. But think about that. <laughs> you know, we could talk about manifestation. Maybe. Yeah, Sure. You know what, Julie? I don't want to go to – this is Julie and I making fun of ma- manifestation. But yeah. So, Julie, I don't want to go to Orange Theory. It sucks. No. It's too much work. I'm going to manifest those Let's just write pounds. down that we're in really good shape. I need a role play partner in order to basically know That's how to right. – you know, No. Get into action. Exactly. Everything follows the so action. we can't even do it. Right. We can't. Well, we can have fun No, that's it. right. We have one last thing, which is – Point number five, upgrade your coaching. If you're already in premier coaching and you're ready for the next level, upgrade to one-on-one elite coaching. Now, if you're in a different program, but you're not getting the results that you signed up for, well, it's okay to switch. This is a great time of year to do it. Upgrade to premier coaching and become part of our coaching family for free today. That's right. And you know as well as I do what to do next. Go to premiercoaching.com or scroll down below and just click the link to join Premier Coaching. It is free for the first 30 days. That does give you four semi-private, uh, you know, get a semi-private coaching call every, actually, I was wrong about that. I said five. You get, yeah, you get a semi-private coaching call every single day. I was thinking about something else. Okay. So every single day. You get a semi-private coaching call for free. You get access to a lot of scripts, our real estate treasure map, all these other things you have immediate access to. Just go to premiercoaching.com or scroll below and click the link. If you're wanting all of our show notes, they're always waiting for you over on timandjulieharris.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and like 30 different um, podcast widgets that we're on. Sometimes they edit the notes because there's only so much space, but everything's always available over at timandjulieharris.com. And remember... It is not okay that you didn't get Julie and I anything for Christmas. <laughs> we are keeping a list of who didn't or didn't send us a Christmas present. It's a naughty or nice list. Exactly. <laughs> and so we have given you a year's worth of podcasts that I know some of you have used to elevate your business and professional life. We ask you humbly and sincerely to consider giving us a five-star review over on iTunes. 
And do include a pithy comment why you like the podcast, what impact it's having on your business and personal life. Please do us that favor. We certainly appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening every single day. This has, without a doubt, become, I think, Julie and I both, I think we're in agreement. Mm -hmm. The number one mission we have every single day professionally is to create a really great podcast to educate you, motivate you, and get you into action. The main thing we can't do is get you into action. We can motivate you. We can educate you. Now take the actions necessary. This is going to be the best year of your life. There's no two ways about it There, if you choose to take the actions now. Go get into action now. Complete the treasure map. Join Premier Coaching. Do the other things we've shared with you. For the rest of the year, we're going to be running our best ofs. They're the most listened to download podcast of the entire year. So stay tuned. Stay listening. Stay motivated. God bless all of you and Merry Christmas. Hello, thank you for having watched this video. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right, and don't forget to hit that like button, leave your comments and questions below, and we will get right back with you. Thank you for watching this video. Remember to watch the next one. You're gonna love that one. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.